In yoga tradition, it's said that the mantra or the sound OM is the building block of reality. So when I met Kristen Hoffman, Juilliard trained vocalist, composer, and creator of Salome Sound Healing, I knew that I had to have her on the Karmic Warrior podcast. So in this engaging conversation, Kristen and I talk about her unique work as a conscious musician and sonic guide who uses sound and melody to inspire awareness and awaken humanity to its highest potential. We also talk about a project that she's spearheading as part of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle called Artists Catalyzing Evolution and how she hopes that it can be a vehicle for people to realize the power of art as the master healer and integrator. So stay tuned. Karmic Warriors, welcome to the Karmic Warrior Podcast, where we talk about living an extraordinary life by practicing time-proven and tested teachings of yoga wisdom, wisdom traditions. I'm your host, Lisa Ingalls Witter, and the goal of this podcast is really very simple. It's just to make it easier than ever before for anyone to find happiness and fulfillment in their everyday life using wisdom teachings that have already been passed down to us for millennia and to occasionally dispel many popular myths, especially in New Age spirituality, that hold us back without our even knowing. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast here on YouTube and anywhere that you can find podcasts. Now, one of the biggest challenges that people come to me with is that they find themselves stuck repeating the same lessons over and over again in life. They're frustrated. They're at a loss because most of them have already done years of the work. They've done the therapy, the coaching, the spiritual practices, but they're still struggling with the same unhealthy relationships or they feel like they should be further along in life than they are personally and professionally. So if this is something that you can relate to, then I invite you to head on over to www.karmic-warrior.com to grab my free report on why you keep getting handed that one lesson in life, even if you've spent years doing the work. In this free report, I reveal to you the secret about harnessing the law of karma, not the law of attraction, the law of karma to finally break free of that one lesson so that you can live a freer, fuller life right now. I put the link in the description below. And now my conversation with Kristen Hoffman. All right. Well, hey, Kristen, welcome to the Karmic Warrior podcast. Oh, Lisa, it's such an honor to be here. And I'm really looking forward to diving into a juicy conversation. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when we were, for everybody who's listening, we were in the green room and, um, I had told Kristen, oh, we're just going to chat for a couple minutes and then we'll we'll hit record. And I think we ended up chatting for <laughs> 20 minutes. We're like, oh, what? I we had a so, whole conversation that probably should have been recorded. We probably should have started the recording then. It's okay. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, set the, the stage, so to speak, and start here with um, the work that you're doing with Salome. And did I say that right, by the way? Perfect. Salome. Yes. Salome. 
I love it. It sounds like shalom. I know, and I love it for that, that it, it, it invokes this sense of peace. But sh- is that on purpose that you well, did that? Well, actually, it just came to me um, years ago when I started. I always intuitive, intuitively was doing some kind of a soul singing when I was a teenager and into my early 20s. And I would use this intuitive soul singing practice as a way to rebalance myself when I would feel kind of out of whack. And there was a point in my... I guess early to mid 20s where I really got this message from I would say spirit that said Kristen you're ready to start doing this with like friends and family and that this is going to play an important role in your path and I started to branch out and explore this kind of soul singing practice with others and one day I was in the bathtub which is where I get a lot of my uh, most connected messages when I'm in water (laughs) and I heard this message you're ready and the name is Solom. And I was shown, it It just immediately came to me that it's soul, S-O-L, light, and then a tilde weaving with ohm, the vibration of the universe. So it's literally light vibration kind of thing. I love it. That's so beautiful. Just total aside, you get your downloads in water. I get my downloads when I'm on a run. <laughs> the same thing happens to me when I'm on a run. It's just like it all comes to me. Um, but Salome, I love it. And, you know, Om is, is said to be in yoga tradition, the most powerful mantra that there is. It's, it's considered the unstruck sound. That's and, beautiful. I've never heard it described like that. The unstruck, yeah, the unstruck sound. So the heart chakra is the chakra of, you know, Om isn't that chakra if you're saying it western way if you're saying it sanskrit way chakra so for those of you out there who are sanskrit uh specialists chakra for those of us who are westerners <laughs> chakra <laughs> just make these distinctions we're consciously differentiating here <laughs> yeah um so so om that is the heart and and it's the unstruck sound because it's the one sound that you do that is constant it's always there like you said it's the sound of the universe and the other beautiful thing um is that om means yes and so it's like consciousness it's like creation is always saying yes to every potential or every possibility it never is saying no it doesn't negate anything it says yes Yes. To everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. Wow. I'm learning so much more about Solom as we're speaking. And <laughs> really is bringing a whole new, breathing a whole new life into the word and the practice. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's really, it's really, really cool. So when, when I heard about you, and of course I heard you first in uh, the, so just for those of you who are listening or viewing, I first met Kristen um, not too long ago in a program uh, that a dear colleague of ours, Lori Layden, was uh, leading called the Grace- Grace-Filled Living. And she brought Kristen in to do some of her magic. And seriously, if you've, if you've never heard Kristen sing we're going to make sure that you do hear her sing whether it's on here we'll give you a a link to her (laughs) music um it was just 
so we go back to Salome and Om. Yes, that is what I felt. I felt in your in your expression that it was just an all-encompassing yes oh. to, to everything. I'm getting sort of getting shivers as I think about it. Um, but it, it, that really is um, what I get when I listen to to your to your music. I mean, do you describe it as music do you what do you just how do you describe salome that's such a great question i would say yes it's music and at the same time i always my feeling at the root and at the highest level is that music is the vehicle through which the energy is traveling so i think of music as the conduit the form. So I've practiced in my life to kind of build the vehicle, but really Solome speaks to something that goes beyond music. It, it, when I'm stepping into that space, really, I'm not approaching it from, oh, let me play things right or think about what I'm going to do from a mind perspective. But I actually just try to empty out and ground and call into the space my highest highest uh tuning and i really open up my own antenna to i would say whatever you want to call it spiritual realms um divine gaia whatever however you want to think of this but i just concentrate on opening the space sending up my antenna and really being a powerful listener. So as much as it's music, it's about listening. So Solom yeah. is about the silence and about the space and the cultivation of that space just as much as it is what is played or sung. And yeah. I think that's an important distinction just because, you know, there's a difference when I'm going to play song songs. I call them song songs, <laughs> regular song songs, that are song songs. <laughs> on a, you know, on a stage or for a show, I yeah. practice them ahead of time. And even though I'm really still connecting and hoping that, oh, yeah, I'm going to be tuned to my highest as I bring these songs through, there is a different kind of element in that they are pre-written and I'm I'm just coloring them with my spirit my energy of the day and i'm connecting mm. with the audience whereas the salome space it's almost more um let me be a witness i i'm connecting to everyone and we are consciously bringing this through together and i am a witness as well as the one who is pressing the keys or singing the notes Right. It totally makes sense. It's um, and my experience of you in that space is that you are, as you said, the music is a vehicle, but you are also the vehicle as well. You are allowing what wants to express in you through you as you and it comes out as these beautiful, mm -hmm. these beautiful melodies. And as you talk, your description is of how you connect is something in yoga wisdom traditions um specifically in in the non-dual tantra they call it pratibha mm. and pratibha is this non-emotional intuitive faculty of consciousness it is our highest wisdom it is intuition really it's yeah. beyond it, it's exactly what you described it as it's beyond the mind it's coming from a place 
that's non-conceptual and intuitive. Mm. And it's, you know, it's very, very beautiful to witness that expression when I was listening to you, you know, and I've been had the privilege of listening, of listening and receiving uh, your, your beautiful melodies several times. And so, yeah, there's, it really connects so beautifully to the yogic lifestyle. Like you are actually a, a living example of what it means to uh, be truly um, at one, you know, unified with the divine. And, you know, for all of us, it, it looks like different things. But I think, you know, I'm curious, like your your thoughts about this, but really, I believe that music is that, you know, I mean, everybody said it before, music is the universal language. Well, why is it the universal language? Well, to me, it's because um, it goes beyond, it, when we're talking about music that is um, like Salome, but I also think of it as music like my husband who's been playing classical Indian tabla for, for 40 years, there's a, you know, a framework, but then it's all improvisational around Mm -hmm. that, just like jazz is. And again, it's, there is no story. There's no thoughts around it. It's beyond the thoughts. And I think that's what makes music the universal language. What do you you think? (laughs) Well, I couldn't agree more in that it is so evidently to me, this language that we all are we are music we're we are living expressions of melody and rhythm and breath i mean just our breath is Mm. music we are literally a wind instrument and we we forget this we forget that our voice is our own unique resonance and as we speak we are we are literally singing tones into the world and i think that music well in in the space of solom when we consciously tune into a sonic field um together my excitement in that sharing space is that so quickly people remember mm-hmm. their truest essence in the sound in in the space beyond the sound. And I think we've, we're just these incredible sonic beings who have literally forgotten for much of our lives the importance that sound plays in, uh, that we are these instruments and, and how to activate ourselves in our song as we go through this life. And so as we listen, we remember, and then ideally we remember and we wake up and then we have this new spark where we ask, how can I engage as an instrument in this symphony of life? And I think that can look and feel different to each and every person. Each and every person's kind of solo or sonic expression is going to be different. And that's what's so beautiful about the language of music is that it takes it takes all expressions and all vibrations. It does. And I really appreciate you <clears throat> putting that context out there that, that 
Um, we are instruments. We are sonic instruments that we are. A, we are a wind instrument. I've never even thought of it like that before. And it's so true. And I think about like my own personal journey as I've been on this path of spiritual path and path of awakening, how for me, a huge block that I had to overcome was my voice mm. was was being able to speak what I what what I felt inside without being afraid of it, being able to speak without um, holding back and and we're built to express. I mean, that is what our voice is, right? I mean, I'm just yes. And and to not express to hold back for some of us, you know, like myself. That's been a huge journey. I had, I used to have, um, I'm sort of going in a slightly tangential direction, but it feels totally related. And I'm yeah. sure other people can relate as well of this fear of voicing, fear of singing. Like, oh, my voice, I was always told, oh, don't sing, Lisa, you sound like Lucille Ball. Now to me, Lucille Ball was like right. the bomb. I loved her. I watched every single I Love Lucy. <laughs> but remember her with Ricky Ricardo? For those of you who are old enough to remember I Love Lucy and she would always try to you know, do her music thing with Ricky Ricardo and he'd be like, oh no, 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 no. That was the message I got from people. Aww. Don't sing, don't use your voice like that because, uh. So, you know, there are those of us who did get that message. I don't know what you would say to, yeah, to those of us who've gotten that message. Well, I think a lot of times when we get that message, it's because we are experimenting with our voice in an early age. And yes, that can sound, it's kind of like if you start playing the trumpet, right? Or any instrument, it's going to sound um, maybe a little disharmon dis <laughs> disharmonious at first. And right. that is part of learning. So we have to feel that we are free to experiment and make different sounds and sense when our voice is in tune with the world around us, sense when our voice is in tune with music that we might be singing to, or when it's not. And if we don't, if we get that messaging, oh, don't do that, and we hold back, then we, we deprive ourselves of that incredible gift of that space where we can actually explore and hear and judge within our own being what feels right and in tune and what, it, what is the sound of my voice. So yes, that's hard. I've worked with a lot of students who, uh, who have come from backgrounds where they got that messaging. And because they weren't able to use their instruments at a young age, there is that block. I firmly believe that anybody, if there's a desire to actually learn how to sing and hold a tune and learn pitch and whatnot and actually build your instrument, I firmly believe that anybody can do, learn to do that and really improve the quality of their instrument and and feel feel in alignment with your voice. And then beyond that, if singing and learning how to sing a beautiful song isn't in your path, there's the next level of, well, how do I free my throat chakra? How do I free this area? I've been holding back and told not to voice myself like this. And that that ripples out into your speech as well. And right. it ripples out into that space of feeling like you can express who you are. So 
even if singing is not your goal, I would say check in with yourself. Have you been holding back because of early messaging and patterns that you assimilated and now are not feeling free to express who you are? And what can that look like? What is your path with expressing your voice going to look like in your life? Um, you know, so many times also, I grew up as a classical musician and in the classical world, you're trained to do everything perfectly. And yes. you're, and, and right. we talked about this on one of the grace calls and um, it was interesting. There was a classical musician, or I think she might've been a teacher on the call and we were having this discussion. Um, and yes, in classical music, if you're learning a piece that's already written, yes, there is a certain equation of notes. And if you play a different note, that's considered wrong. But in a lot of classical training, it's really, um, it's so, I don't wanna say beaten into you, but you, you know that the, the, the goal is perfection and perfection of notes. And then once you get the notes there, it's how do I express perfectly? And so I developed a fear when I was young of kind of making mistakes or making mistakes. Right. <laughs> and um, so as I started into the world as a singer songwriter, every time I stepped on a stage for quite a few years, I felt like I had another voice on my shoulder. And if I made a mistake, I literally could hear that voice throughout the rest of the show saying, oh, don't do it again. Be careful, be careful. And it was so overwhelming and so nerve wracking and actually learning to step into a world of improvisation and, and just embrace the fun and the willingness of playing bunk notes that don't. <laughs> and isn't that, that what life is anyway? Right. Like life is an active improvisation. Yes. We never know what we're going to do in the next moment, even when we think we know what we're going to do and, and we don't. And I just love the permission to be free and again, I go back to OM, meaning yes, the cosmic yes of creation. Like creation says yes to everything and creation wants you to be expressed in all the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all included. Like there's no, there's no no to it. It's all yes. Like, yes, do that, that crackly sound in your voice and, 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 and that perfection. And it all can, it's all be, like, to me, it's almost as if we can see these things in their beauty. I used to be a, um, a person when I was younger, I'd be like, I only like this type of music. Okay. <laughs> like this is what I only listen to in that type I don't and I've learned over time like it's all so cool because it's all just different forms of expression and yeah. and why not like everything from you know death metal to um you know classical Indian mm -hmm. music <laughs> classical western music it all has a place for the yes you know yeah, and it's fun to explore all different styles. I think that's one of the hard parts of the music industry. When I was kind of moving through the mainstream music industry, um, I love to do all different expressions. So one day I'm diving into a more new age sound healing piece. And then another day, oh, it can have a little more of a country flair and then a pop flair. And 
classical. And I love all those different expressions. But as a as an artist working with major labels in my 20s, there was definitely this um, pressure to have one style so that, you know, and you realize, oh, I'm a product and they want you to be recognized by people in a certain way. And for me, as kind of a free spirit who was on my journey to full self-expression through voice, it felt very confining and likely yeah, is one I of the imagine. ingredients that led to me finally, um, I would say, setting myself free. But um, And I think you're seeing more these days a little bit more crossover yes. than there used to be in music. You're seeing country Western artists um, you know, do a little bit more rock and roll. I'm thinking Donnie and Marie Osmond. Oh my gosh, I'm dating myself. A little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you see rap artists bringing in some country music. You see, yeah. you see a little bit more crossover. So there is a little bit more um, acceptance of that. But that must have been hard for you to be put into a box like that for. Yeah, and at the same time. I think that I had to experience that limitation to then know that that was not what I was going to choose. Like in some ways, I realized looking back, oh, I had to walk into that world of the mainstream music industry for a good amount of years to ultimately realize, oh, I have to be totally free to explore this journey. And I don't think I would have discovered Solome and a lot of the other conscious music modalities that I'm tapping into now if I had stayed in that main route. So right. I'm very grateful that I that I did get the taste of it and then decide, oh, OK, that's ultimately not going to serve me in the highest. Yeah, well, that that sort of is a great segue into a, a project that you're spearheading with. And we'll, we're both part of the evolutionary leaders um, circle. And, and for those of you who um, aren't aware, the evolutionary leaders is a group of evolutionary leaders <laughs> who are committed to the conscious evolution of humanity and the planet through the work that they're doing. And so that's another thing that Kristen and I share. And um, so Kristen is spearheading right now a what is called a synergy circle called Artists for Conscious Evolution. Artists catalyzing. Oh, artists evolution. catalyzing. Artists catalyzing Evol evolution. Yes. Artists catalyzing evolution. So tell me just a little bit what your um, what your vision was, or or why? What was the impetus for you to mm. want to start this synergy circle? Yes. Well. I feel that in this space that we are in as a human family, I think there's so much awakening happening into the conscious field. We are, there are so many people receiving that message. Oh, the, it's time to kind of wake up, collaborate, tune in together, form a grid of other souls who are waking up. And I've spent many years weaving with speakers and whatnot in the consciousness um, dialogue. And I've realized again and again and again, there's so many people sharing so many incredible ideas and I'm constantly learning. But to me, this spoken word only goes so far unless you can engage the emotional center. And when we engage the heart and the emotional center, then these messages 
and the the spoken word can go so much deeper so in the evolutionary leaders circle i've been thinking for a while oh how amazing would it be to have a space where the artists in the group can really come together and help to lift up so many of the wisdom leaders in the group through the doorway of music and I'm really excited to see what happens. I have this feeling that just within the circle, we can create so much amazing conscious music together. And then there's gonna be this crossover. I already know there will be crossover with so many of the different um, leaders in the circle who do use spoken word and who are writers as their main vehicle. And music will be another way to amplify. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it all goes back to music is the, the universal <laughs> language yes. and connecting and the, the, um, and when you, when it's, when you say artists catalyze an evolution, do you're also including visual arts and, and performing arts as yes. well, right? Yes. Good yeah. point. Good point. Yes. There's going to be a whole group of different artists from different mediums so music dance visual arts poetry um we have quite a few i would say artists of the spoken word so artists doing guided meditation and whatnot where your voice is really used yes you're speaking but your voice is used in a different way in a right. meditative entrancing kind of way and what else um, I know Kara Stonehouse, she's an incredible visual artist who's using art as a way to um, bring people together. And what else? Did I miss any other forms that are going no, to be moving? No, I, I think hip-hop artists. Yeah, and what I think about, for me, when I think about art catalyzing evolution, I really, and you know, I do meditations. I lead guided meditations um, on Insight Timer Live. I, I'm a meditation teacher, but I live, more importantly, I live with an artist and I'm married <laughs> to an artist in my world. I'm, I'm entrenched in music and performing arts. And, and so I just have such a deep, um, and I've studied uh, as well in performing arts. Um, so I have a deep, love for the arts and I think one of the things that again art is expression om yes. <laughs> yes to whatever but art is this expression of it's an it's a external expression of what is happening internally inside mm -hmm. of us it's this representation of reality that's expressed whether it's in painting or or music or or singing or whatever and what i think for me is that art gives us a different way of perceiving reality yes. and that's that is where the evolution comes in like the only way to evolve is to be open to perceiving things in a different way mm. Right? So true. So true. Yes, I feel like, I mean, and everyone has their different sense of this, but in my own experience, we are beings who are in these physical bodies. And yes, there's so much about being in these bodies and that is, that is real. And for me, there's as much reality existing simultaneously in almost other realms of our energetic field. 
our emotional realms, our consciousness realms. And I, I, I see ourselves as almost this layered cake, right? And so when we are yearning as beings to reconnect with those other realms that we may have forgotten, we may not be actively in touch with the more soulful realms of our existence, the light realms. And immediately uh, art is a reflection of that space. And we can then integrate all of the parts of who we are. When we see a beautiful piece of art, when we experience music and dance, immediately we are reconnected. And I think that the artistic expressions that we bring through here are almost physical manifestations of the energy frequencies in those other realms. Absolutely. And those other realms actually have <clears throat> validity in, uh, you know, in yoga science, we have the five different bodies. We have our physical body. We have the mental, emotional body. We have the energetic body, the pranic body, right? So we have these, we have the, the core of ourself as consciousness. And you're absolutely right. We get so focused and, um, identified with just one aspect of our being that when we become over identified with just the physical for instance or even the mind i think most of us are mostly identified most of the time with the body and the mind we 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 are we disintegrate right mm -hmm. we yes. become disintegrated so I just love how you how you express that. And it's so true is that art reminds us, gently reminds us, it gives us permission to integrate back those other very real aspects of self and remember, remember yes. <laughs> everything Literally. back together, like put it all back together again and recognize, yes, I am that, but I'm also this and this and this part too, right? Yes. So beautifully shared. So beautifully shared. Yeah, we really, I feel that we are soul beings having a physical experience. And so many times if I'm feeling more stressed, if I'm feeling more disconnected or depressed, it's because I have separated myself from the higher realms of my being or the essence of who I truly am. And I'm functioning more through the body and the mind. The minute I remember, and it can come as quickly as a meditation or listening to a piece of music or watching something that stirs my heart, immediately I start to feel better. And I think that's where the arts can really come into play, especially now. We are, yes, in an awakening, and we've also gone through a really difficult past couple of years where so many people are feeling more disconnected from others than ever. And I think that at this time, we really, we can call in the arts as the master healer and the master integrator. So the arts can play this role of reconnecting individuals to themselves and to all of the parts of themselves and then now that we have this, um, these new tools like Zoom, the fact that we're even on talking to each other right now, if we're reconnected to ourselves and we're in touch with those subtle realms, then we don't even need to be together in the physical bodies to then start to 
connect on those spiritual planes. Um, and, and I think the arts are going to be that glue that yeah. really helps us. I, I absolutely agree. And the, um, you know, in, in yoga tradition and yoga wisdom, it's a, um, this whole process of awakening is about self-realization, realizing the truth, who you really are. And part of that comes from uh, liberating ourselves from our stories and our ideas. And I believe that, that, that art does that in a very powerful way. It questions, like, it questions um, the, 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 um, constructs the mental constructs that we've put up for our, for ourselves you know you go into any museum or just go to any art exhibition and you're like wait what is happening here like you're looking at a piece of art or listening to a new piece of music helps to break those um encrusted i want to like say hard yeah. ideas and beliefs that we have and, and open us up to the possibility of oh there's something else here and the arts can really do that for, I mean, I know for me, I shared with you before we hopped on here that my first real like um, awakening experience happened through music and a musical process yeah. that I was a part of over 15 years ago. And I believe that that, that is a possibility for anybody through the arts. Yes. I actually think it would be really interesting to question tons of people about when did your first spiritual awakening and occur and how did it occur? My guess is that a large majority of people would say that the arts played an important role in their own connection and awakening to their own spiritual world. I mean, it uh, makes me think of um, like what teenager does not listen to music. It makes sense because like, it's a period of time in our lives when we are searching for who am I? What am I? Like it's, it's the first time we question like, what's my identity? Mm. When we're teenagers, we're trying to solidify an identity. We don't know what it is and we turn to music and music awakens us to, you know, whether you're, you call that a spiritual awakening, maybe not, but certainly it, at that time in life for most people they've had some deep connection to music in yes. their teenage years because it helps them identify create some sort of identity right mm -hmm. like for sure and you know what's interesting I've, i haven't really thought about this in this way before but when i was a teenager and you just expressed this when I was a teenager, I couldn't get enough music. Literally, I would sleep with it on at night. I would sleep with music on and my mom would come in and say, Kristen, just please, please turn the music off. You're not gonna get a good sleep. And I would say, no, it fuels me. It fuels the dream world. I just felt like I was a sponge and that music was waking me up and filling the space. And what's interesting is as I've grown and gotten older, I still love music as much or maybe more so than I did then. But now I'm stepping into a space where I appreciate a lot of silence in my life and nature. So natural sound 
and I'm constantly going for walks every day in nature and I have a lot of silence. And as I've meditated more, appreciating that space between the music and then when I go to either bring music through myself or I go to listen to a piece, it almost feels like what I choose to put on or when I choose to bring through music, it has, um, it's almost been simmered for a while in, mm. in a space of conscious cultivation and suddenly that sound coming through has almost greater meaning. Oh, which is that's which is interesting. I've just come. Uh, that was as you were sharing about that kind of fervent desire to receive music at all times as a teen. That was so real for me, and now it's very different. It's almost like the ex exploration of the opposite. It's such like that piece is so oh, so juicy. I could probably go on for another hour about the <laughs> silence and the space between the notes, right? And we can think of a note quote unquote, is being different times in our life. It could be the actual notes of a song. Um, in tabla, my husband plays tabla. And one of the things for a master percussionist is how fast can you go and how much can you fit into space so that it, it literally like it's, it, it feels like there's no space at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I always tell Tim, my husband, I'm like, the way you play tabla is like what's an expression of what's in your head. There's no space in there. It's just like all crammed in, right? But the importance of the the space between is so, so important. And the way I, um, it reminds me of when I do meditations and I lead meditations and those times when I lead people into that space mm. and to into the silence, I always invite people to notice that it's not a silence of absence, but a silence of presence, that it's a silence that's pregnant with possibility. And you express that perfectly in saying, you know, you simmer in it because the way I experienced you saying that was, it's like Kristen is simmering in the fullness of this presence and all the possibility is there so that when she's ready to come back, it it's ready to be expressed in or through or as her. That's how I was experiencing I what you were that. saying. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And that, I, I love how you said, wait, express it again, the presence Oh, it's silence. It's so it's when we move into the silence, it's not a silence of absence. It's a it's silence, silence of presence. I love it's that. full. It's totally full. It's yes. and this is where in just as a little aside on yoga, this is where different yoga philosophies have different ways of looking at consciousness where some non-dual traditions say that consciousness is completely empty. There's nothing there. Whereas in non-dual Tantra, it's the exact opposite, that consciousness is full. Like it is, while there's that silence there, it's a silence of presence. It's percolating with possibility. I it's love always that. there. So a silence of presence. And yeah, when I tune into the silence, 
I often have this feeling of just this subtle vibration. Yes. And I'm, I'm actually, this is tying, the silence of presence is tying back into a record that I've been working on forever now. I'm hoping that I just feel the fire and finish it one of these days very soon, but it's called Rain Shine. And it's all about that precious space after it's rained so there's this downpour downpour and it could this could be a metaphorical rain as well right so you've had you've gone through the storm in your life and then suddenly there's that space and the lights start shining and what happens in that space the water starts to receive that light and the the vibration of new life and the vibration of new possibility and it's this precious moment where that first vibration, the first stirring of possibility starts to take root. And I love it. To me, that is that silence, that silence of presence. Yes. And if you think of it from a quantum physics kind of perspective, it could be that space where all of the infinite possibilities are buzzing around. And depending on how conscious you are to that space, you then can choose and determine where you're going to move move out of that space. So whether it's playing a note and actually consciously choosing a chord or a sound, or whether you're in that silent space of presence in your life and you're really being present to it so that when you make your next life move, or you go on your next adventure, it's done so out of a cultivated space of presence. Yeah. A really great idea to carry into all aspects of life. Yeah, and what you just described is what I call a difference. It's a distinction between egoic desire and divine desire. Mm. When you're aligned with your true nature, which is everything that you're expressing is clearly you're aligned with your true nature then what it what your choice is a choiceless choice it's not your choice it's the divine choice yes. that comes in you through you as you whereas when you're working with, you know egoic desire feels like i'm i whoever you know the i this constructed personality is making a choice but what you are pointing to is something very nuanced and different than the personality making a choice, right? You are the divine sure. making the choice in, in, through, and as this form called Kristen. Mm, exactly. And it's learning to be the listener into that space, into that presence, learning to really be the witness. And so that when the energy of Kristen comes through, it is aligned with the highest possibility, right? Absolutely. When we're choosing from the mind, there are so many choices. And when we're choosing from the mind, we're not necessarily listening at all. And we are trying to drive and we will we'll choose, we'll make a choice, but it's not necessarily going to serve in that kind of highest alignment that you're speaking of. And when we really consciously listen and we practice being that witness, then we are working in concert with our, however you want to think of it, our highest energy, our divine spirit, our destiny. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, I just love this conversation and I'm just so delighted that you agreed <laughs> to be on the podcast. And I know we, I'm probably going to have you on again because it seems like we could just keep talking and talking and talking. And I actually do want to probably have you on again and, and, and talk more about artists catalyzing evolution. I think it's, it's such a phenomenal project and I'm excited to be supporting you in that um, and hopefully be in that, that collect that. You are most certainly well, in that so. collective. And maybe we could even have a few of the artists come on once we get it. Absolutely. Going. That would be really fun. It would be so much fun. So um, how can people find out more about your work and yeah. your performances, your any type of um, recordings that are coming out? Mm -hmm. So I think the best place to go is probably my website. And that is at Kristen hoffman.com and i'll spell that because it never gets spelled right k-r-i-s-t-i-n and then hoffman h-o-f-f-m-a-n-n so two n's at the end dot com and there you can find all kinds of music that i'm either releasing or i also put up a lot of my improvisational solomes or videos that i've done so there's a mix of kind of curated studio work and also improvisational spaces as well um i also am the singer of a project called bella gaia and you can look that up bellagaia.com and we tour worldwide that's an incredible multimedia experience and definitely worth checking out um i have a brand new song that came out yesterday and i'd love you to check that out it's called sweet divine and it's all about this conversation a lot of what we've been talking about today when you get very quiet inside and you can start to listen to that divine voice that we all are connected to so go check out sweet divine and i just have so appreciated this space today lisa and i just love your energy it's such an incredible conversation that you're cultivating and thank you thank you thank you for having me oh thank you and thank you for being here and i know that the the viewers the listeners are going to just love this conversation so thank you for the gift that you're bringing to the world and before i um sign off here do you have a youtube channel as well i do Kristen hoffman music okay oh mu with music after okay Kristen hoffman music and okay. if most of the videos on my site, I've linked right to the YouTube. So if you forget that, you can just look at a video on my website and then click onto the YouTube page. Right. Perfect. Well, Kristen Hoffman, thank you so much for joining us on the Karmic Warrior podcast. And we look forward to seeing you here again sometime. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I'll see you soon. Big love to all the Karmic Warriors out there.